0: Okay, I promise you guys that I'm going to bring a very good friend of mine to come on the show to share with us more and make a case why you should go to university. Of course, we are not blind, right? We know what works, what doesn't work, what's good, what's not. But there is so much internet content out there that talks about why you shouldn't go to university, why the uni is eating up your, you know, your money, you're coming out a lot of debt and all those kind of stuff which they are not wrong per se. Objectively, they have some points but we want to bring about the other side of the discussion so you make a better decision. So, happy to be with you guys again and today we're going to spend time with our good friend Ben. In the first place, I got you on the show to do one thing, right? It's to make a mm. pitch to people that are considering the right. universities. Yeah. All right, so, mostly two, two groups of people, right? Those mm. that are already in the university yeah. and the other group is the people that are considering Going to the university, right? Mm. Because I think the general pitch out there is like anti-uni, right? Okay. At, at this point in time. right? Of course okay. the uni, people will never say it's, it's shit, yeah. bad, huh? but, yeah. but, but the I think among all, the, all your quote unquote gurus, right? A lot of fucking yeah. internet gurus, right? They all like, you know, the general narrative is that you don't need to go to university to succeed, mm. right? Which I don't think is wrong, mm. right? But I got you today to pitch to the people that are considering university. Right why should they go to the university? Okay. Because I feel yep. that you have, you know, essentially
1: mm.
0: kind of really milk the system. <laughs> okay. So yes, mm. yeah.
1: I think on, all, on my part, uh, I would say that there are a few things that I consider if I want to go to university, right? I think the first would definitely be the fact that in the university itself, you have groups of people around you and that itself is networks, you know, people and having a source of ideas. And that is akin to like, In the past, Socrates, Aristotle having this area where people come together to share. And I think that's very important because whether you like it or not, we are all social people. We are all social creatures. And we learn by being with each other, by doing things together. And that's what, to me, the university really is about. And I think perhaps the second thing that I'm thinking about for people who actually want to go to university is that there are so many things that you could possibly learn on the internet yourself But then when a person does it together with you, it is a whole new different thing. And of course, you know, you can actually just go Coursera or edX and do a course and do it with someone else that's matched online by like personality traits or like, you know what, God knows what what these other things do, right? But then it's, it's gonna be pretty much quite good. But then it's still not as good compared to that human interaction and having this person to understand that, hey, you know, this is a journey that I'm doing this with you, and therefore there are certain synergies, certain benefits that we can actually do it together. So I think it's the second thing which I'm thinking about, and, and probably the last thing which I'm really thinking about as well is that this entire thing about university really is about brand. And brand, unfortunately, right now, we have Coursera have edX, we have like uh, so many other internet gurus as you mentioned coming up, but these do not lend a brand. Yeah, so like, it, it's as if, if I were to say that right now, I listened to this guy, I applied his skill sets, and then I achieved this, but then to me, to everyone around you, it's like, is it really true? You know, are you, are you really what you say you are? Or are you just like someone, how can you say that you are actually as good as that person or, um, you know, have all these kind of traits or these skill sets? Just by listening to like let's say uh, a twenty-hour webinar, right, <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, something that's yeah. online, you know, yeah. like it's it's very different mm-hmm. versus like let's say uh, an institution that has been there for a pretty long time. It's tried and tested. It has been through ages and it has been through even revolutions. And I think that that's that's something which the brand of the university actually lends itself. But then that is where I think things will get upended, right?
0: Mm. Mm. Okay, so essentially based on what you just said whether is it brand whether Mm. is it like a social circle that Mm. is in school you know or whether is it like the kind of quality of education Mm. that one can get interacting with a real individual rather than just like online webinar which I think a lot of people can understand right they they can comprehend this reality that, you know, it's really different learning face-to-face with a geek. Essentially, your professors are geek, okay? They spend tons and tons of their life to go and geek it out on some topic, right? And sometimes they're not very passionate because they're not teaching the topic that they're really passionate about. If you're going to read their research paper, Mm. they're passionate about something else. Yes,
1: yes, correct. It's just,
0: oh, not part of the, you know, repertoire. And then, you know, I need to feed myself so I anyhow teach something. I don't blame them, but uh, if you want to learn more from... Your prof, maybe you should also go re- read a little bit about mm. what do they really love. Yeah, but all agree. those things are very, um, how should I put it, very high, high order, right? Mm. It sounds like, okay, we got a brand, we got, you know, um, mm. network, we got, you know, better learning. How does that translate mm. to benefits mm. in life? In life. Right? Like, yeah. like okay, I'm, I'm going to uni, so why should I go? What, what are the real benefits that I'm going to get? Other than all these kind of, like, I get, I get what I you're saying, saying yeah. but yeah, how does it translate
1: I think that like uh, it's, uh, we have really go back to the social aspect because the social aspect would then dictate that I am part of this group. And that, that is what the social aspect really does. So of course we can actually create organizations that are similar to university that actually creates this social kind of uh, context and so on. It's just that most of these things, um, us are like tertiary, meaning that they come after your university. So I can think about, let's say, in the venture capital world, there's like Coffin Fellows, right? So Coffin Fellows, essentially, if you are who's who in VC and you want to do your like stuff well and network, you need to pay $200,000, attend this program, and then go to the US for like perhaps, I think, two or three months. Mm. Yeah, and it's more expensive than an uh, MBA. But then people say that this program itself brings you more networks than if you were to go to, let's say, Harvard or to go to Stanford. And th- that's a uh, kind of a tertiary kind of uh, thing to it because they have really created a social thing. But then that Kaufman Fellows, as an example, is something that's after a university mm. where people predicate and say that, "You know I've really done this, I've really gone to this place where I am, and I just need to get more networks, and that's where I get more networks from. But then if you look at the profiles of the people who actually went for these things, they tend to be having very good degrees, or even if they don't have good degrees they, can, they come from good pedigrees or even if like they don't come with good pedigrees and they actually do drop out from school, there was someone who took a chance on them. And, and that percentage is extremely, extremely slim. Extremely yeah, slim. So I think that that really uh, is what the, the reality sometimes is. Mm.
0: So based on success rate, the, the chances of you doing well, you know, in life will probably be higher if you stuck to university. In in other words, that's what I'm yeah, In other to words, say, this is what the statistics right. actually yeah. Sh- statistics actually shows, shows yeah, right. Great, it's, yes. it's not learned from some internet guru. Then suddenly yeah, one, wow, can, you know, suddenly amazing, yes. right? Or yeah. you know the the success rate of startups are like super super low, right? Yes. I think statistically, it's about five percent. You know yep. or five percent that kicks off right mm. those that really end up there, maybe it's like point five or like a one percent you know yep. of of everyone that start that doesn't mean you shouldn't start you know mm. if you are passionate about something and you feel that there's a market gap, do what you need to do yeah right? but for the many out there, I think going to university is a is still quite a natural success kind of journey mm. like if you're gonna do well mm. you know and get to where you are, and you are in. You know essentially the private equity space yeah right? although you, you work for a family office right yes. but your focus is to get deals and it's very much a pe job yeah just, it's very just, much a job. just just in a family office yes. right so yeah how did you get there right mm. going to the university right mm. share us a little bit of your story okay right? okay I,
1: mm. I think like um I, I don't come from a traditional private equity background, meaning that i didn't go to investment banking and i i didn't jump from investment banking to private equity and it's in, in sort of way, You're right. You know, like I'm in a multi-family office, slightly different from private equity because um, one one main difference, but for you for you guys here who don't really understand the industry, it's just very simple. That we instead of putting our money in the private equity funds, we actually go direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really what we do. And I think that that really necessitates a few other things because you are not just deploying funds, but you're also sourcing, and you're not just sourcing, but you're maintaining a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a sort of a bridge between uh, private equity and your private wealth because you, you cannot lose your money. Mm. So the returns that I have and I, I look at my deals are a lot more specific and mm. of a higher bar. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's, that's one, one key difference. Mm. Uh, how I actually got here, I would say, is uh, through a myriad of experiences. So um, like some people ask me on my LinkedIn, like, you know, when I was younger, they were like, why Why are you like doing all these other things in your life? You know, you're you're doing management consulting and then suddenly you go into tech and then mm-hmm. suddenly you go into shipping and then you do something else. And then everyone's like, I mean, there is no clear trajectory. So every time in an interview, I need to explain myself that, hey, you know, I it's not that I don't have a clear trajectory. It's just that, I wanted to do something which was different and to build experiences in other things such that if I look at a business today, I can assess it really fast. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was uh, what I really want to build. But then, you know, myopically, if you're in, in e-commerce and, and the e-commerce guy sees that you're in shipping, he'll like, dude, man, then what are you interviewing me here for? You know, he doesn't <laughs> understand it. Yeah. yeah, so I think that was firstly the mirror of experiences. Um, second, it was uh, sort of this combination of uh, various quote-unquote, hard skills. And I'll call them quote-unquote hard skills because uh, this would relate to the degree. So when I entered SMU, I was doing a double degree. So I was doing law and economics. And law itself is an extremely technical subject because you need to understand the statutes. You need to understand how to apply the law. And in other words, sure it's that, very boring. Yeah, in other words, it's pretty really boring. Right? <laughs> very yeah. dry.
0: Yeah. You've got to suck it up. This, this yeah, is yeah. the constitution, right? This is what, yes.
1: what, we, what we live by. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that what really is quite interesting about that is that you really understand how to debate your points. And I think that's very important as you actually progress in a private equity world, Because in private equity, when you source for dues, essentially what you're doing is that you're being a lawyer. You need to bring your case before, let's say, a quote unquote judge, which is, let's say, your investment committee, or bring your case towards, let's say, your client, right? And tell them that, hey, I have due X and X, these are my returns, and these are the risks. And why does my return and the risk make sense? And you have to make a case for that. And I think that's where the lawyering skills I had really come into play. So I would, I would suggest that, you know, sometimes you may, um, maybe an application point, right? You know, you may be in a, a degree that. Sort of doesn't have a certain route towards let's say what you're doing, you know. But that's fine, you know. But then like yeah, <laughs> like history, yeah. literature. Yeah, like history. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yes,
0: yes. I have honestly, I have great friends that uh they studied history, uh and when when they were studying history, people would be like, why well, you study history? Yeah, you you know Can right. do what? Be teacher. Yeah. You know, but then uh. They got poached by the ministry yeah. to do foreign affairs, <laughs> you know, because they understand yeah. history yeah. and they understand, you know, different countries. What, where, where do a lot of their policies? Mm. Where do they come from? That's all, yeah. you know, stem from their history, mm. right? So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never, I never thought that it could, it could get that way, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. So I would say these these two points. Of course, there are definitely many others. Yeah. But then it would just mainly be the fact that I actually did many different things, and I studied something which didn't have uh, a bearing on finance. Mm. So, sometimes I always joke my friends, So I tell them that, you know, I I studied law and economics, but I get hired for my finance and marketing skills. (laughs) 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 So, like, it's, uh, I think that like, then, then, you know, that brings to the point of, you know, the university thing, right? Mm. Like, does it really need to have university? Exactly. Yeah, and I I think that's, uh, that's the question that I think we, Reginald and I, really want to answer today. mm. And, I think it's not that simple. You know, it's, it's a complex topic. It's not that simple to just dissect it and say that, hey, you know, you, since you are just learning what, history, right, in school, why learn history? You know, at the, at the end of the day, you're not going to be a historian. You're just going to come out and be like uh, someone who actually works in MFA. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or worse still, you, you might be some, doing something that is not have any bearing to history, like you're doing like, public relations or something like that. But then how does it help? So I, I think this is where, um, going back to the points I made earlier, on the social aspects and as well as having the brand name but I want to add a third point to this which is that I think in a university uh, it's where you you can actually discover yourself and unfortunately or fortunately um, this really depends on the university you go to right so there are some universities out there we call it liberal colleges in the US where it really allows you to expand and there is no judgment upon, you know, let's say I am an anthropology major and then tomorrow I, I tell myself that I want to study a computer science course. You know, that that's totally possible, yes, right? Yes. But then let's say you come from NUS and then you actually, <laughs> you know, you study like geography <laughs> mm-hmm. and then suddenly one day you just tell the people around you, hey! I just want to study computer science. Yeah, like, dude yeah. This guy is nuts, you know. Like this guy clearly has is out of his mind, yes. and you suddenly find him no friends. <laughs> yeah, people are like, "What? What is wrong like, with this dude?" Is you know, a weird guy, yeah. man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think it really depends on uh, which school you go to, and yeah. you know, coming from SMU, you know, I saw a bit of goyol, and then yeah, like uh, yeah. SMU does come in the middle ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, SMU you, is a Koyo yeah, <laughs> you have like people who actually mm. sort of can actually do. um like economics and the, you can actually do law as well. Like mm. myself, you can actually like do a double major in other things which are not related. But although then, of course, like I need to um, give a disclaimer and a caveat there that not everyone does it, right, in SMU. Mm. How many people actually do it? Most of the people are finance plus accounting, you know. Mm. It's not finance plus so, sociology so or something boring, like that. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's so different, mm. yeah.
0: And um, I just want to chime in on mm. the liberal colleges. Yeah. Right? So for all of you, you who know, um, have not gone to college, considering college, I'm not saying that Singapore has any liberal colleges. I think we have one, uh, the Yale, uh, the, U- the Yale partnership yes. with NUS. Right? So um, you realize that in a lot of these liberal colleges, they, they allow you to enter the university without having any fixed direction. Mm. Right, so you're just joining year one. Oh, what are you doing? No, I'm just year one here in in, in Yale or something, right? One of these liberal colleges, and you know they do a cross field study so that you know you you learn different different stuff and you finally make your decision. And along the way, if you want to pivot, you can always pivot. I think that's the that's the beauty of uh, university as a discovery platform. Yes, and I mean even for yourself, right? You you've done all these different things, Mm. Um, whether is it uh, starting your own clubs. Or you know, um, going out there and trying different fields, mm. but all all those things, do you think you could have done it without the university?
1: Right, right. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, that actually. is the question. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. It's a really great question because I think that a lot of things which I have done, um, I'll say it goes back to the social contract thing. Like, why would, why would you like? You know, when you start a community, like whether it is the mentoring circle which I started or Atom's Watch Club or like Cogito Collective, right? Uh, All of them start because you are in a position of authority. And you can actually say that I bring together a group of experts who know this thing well. And I bring that knowledge or like the education to other people and democratize it. So that necessitates you to have that authority in the first place. And where do you borrow that authority from? You borrow it from someone else, you know, like, which is like a school or university. And I think that's, that's where um, being in a university definitely helps a lot because you are also borrowing the name of the university. And coming from an Asian culture, and we are Asians ourselves, you know, you, you cannot go against the culture of the, of the land. It's tough, right? So that like, like for example, you know, people ask me about know, the minimum wage thing with James Lim and things mm. like that. a Contentious topic, right? But then like uh, it's like bringing Scandinavian things' ideas in. Like it might not work, you know, it may work, it might not work. So the thing the cultural things might actually be different. So I think that like if we were look at the flip side, whether I were not to be in university and could I actually start this, I, I think that definitely I can. But would it be as successful? I'm really not sure. Um, but if I had no choice, you know, if I had no choice, I didn't go to university and I start this. Definitely what I have done is that I'll be the Maverick, right? And then I'll bring in people who are in these universities who have that brand name, that kind of like reputation and borrow that. So to me, it is it is no longer about um, you your, yourself, eh, rather not, not about the organization you're starting, but then what is your competitive advantage? Mm. If you find that your comparative advantage lies in the fact that you are better at pulling people in, and you don't need your reputation, right? You just bring other people's reputation in and start this thing. Then it works. But then, if your if your competitive advantage is that oh maybe you're better at studying, you you did well in school, and that works for your advantage, then fine. You know, like you should work towards your advantage at the most of the times.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in in other words, what we can agree upon is, if you really want to do something, you can get it done with or without the university. Yes, right? I agree. But. but there is some some, of, some form of like brand leverage, yes. the kind of authority leverage that you get in the university as yes, uh, being agreed. part of the university, right? Mm. Which I agree because because I'm a dropout, right? So mm. from my optics, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, yeah, you can do, man. Everything else you can yeah. do. Yeah, you can do it on your own. Um, we live in a relatively free society, right? Yes. Uh, some barriers you don't touch. But yeah. other than that, you, know, mm. you, can, you could just go out and champion a lot of these things, right? And, yes. and start whatever venture, whatever community you want to start. But- yeah it is an uphill battle, right? Because people see you as a solo car, right? People see you as like this guy's weird guy and then, you know, you you try to do something and then it's like, so what, right? But, but being in a university, you have the brand, you have Mm -hmm. the kind of like thought authority in the space, you borrow that brand. And also, I think there are just a lot of Unique kids around waiting to be shepherded, like honestly. Yes, yes, right? I agree, <laughs> it's, agree. Like, it's like it's like oh yeah. my god, you got a free market here. Everyone is here. They don't yep. know what the hell they're doing. Yep. dance, dance, SMU. I know totally things. agree. With you.
1: <laughs> I totally agree with you. I, I think that like you're very right on that. Mm. Uh, the good thing about university is that there's a lot of talent. Mm. And like I think we're talking about this. I don't know if I talked about this with you, but then this idea is that you know when, when you run a startup, it's very hard to find good talent. Because good talent usually wants to do their own startup. Yes. Yeah, but then SMU or like anywhere, producers very good talent. They don't want to run their own startup, but work for you. Mm. Yeah. So that's the best, you know. I mean, if you are a business owner, uh, like this is kind of one of the best things ever, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I I totally get that. Yeah. So, I think we we can. I think we have sufficiently shared, you know, mm. the viewpoint where, you know, if you are considering university, you you we 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 both recognize that a lot of things. You don't need the university to do mm. it, uh, even in today's context, right? I think, mm. um, I, I think, okay, maybe not even, like, especially in today's context, when information is so liberal, you can learn on so many platforms, right? Mm. So that it is not a must that you need to go to the university, but by going to the university, you have all this leverage of social network, brand, mm. authority in the space, and you know, it's just much easier to, to kick mm. off a lot of these small little stuff, right? agree that is my viewpoint i have a lot of friends in the startup field and mm. a lot of them that are doing better started in the university
1: yeah right yeah. because in yeah. the, the yeah, university have
0: all this kind of accelerated system ecosystem yeah. and talent is everywhere all these people yeah. are pretty smart they yeah. i mean mugger or not right even if they're mugger they're quite determined right that's why yeah. they to yeah. get to the university <laughs> yeah. so you gotta give salute to the mugger okay yeah. not always say the mugger <laughs> but yeah. yeah so you know like they got to the university there's a yeah. select you know um process and you have all these people then, you 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 work with them, you use them, right? Based mm. on their talent and then, you know, you just kind of build your stuff, right? Yep. Or build your community in that process. Mm. So I think, you know, that is the value in the university at this yes. point in time. And for people that are already in the university, mm. right? What are your thoughts, you know, for them, right? Okay, since you're already inside already, right? And then you're listening to this podcast, right? Then what, what are you going to how are you going right. to make your university better, right? How are you going to like benefit yeah. through this thing rather than just going for lectures, missing tutorials and then like right. going dance, dance, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, <that's> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. For all of you yeah. who have not been to SMU, there's this like underpass, right? That, that yeah. you know, runs through the whole you know like, not everyone there is SMU though. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it runs through the whole yeah. spine of, of the university, yeah. like the underground yeah, basement ground, yes. spine and then it's was like, well, tons of people are dancing. I was like, what's well, like a SMU student? Uh, don't need to study one. Just every yeah, day, yeah. You dance, dance, hip hop, street, street like that. I right? was so like, okay but that aside, okay, <laughs> okay, but yes. So if they're in the university, yeah, yeah. right, how do they better, you know, you know like benefit themselves in right, this
1: process? Right. Right? How can they leech? I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, leech also is, uh, yeah, but I mean, the amount they pay for university is not leech anymore. I think they're like, I think the university is leeching one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean like, like to answer your question, mm. I, I'll just think a few things. Uh, one is definitely the fact that universities are ex- really expensive. Like, I mean, in Singapore, we have it relatively cheaper, right? If, like, SMU is probably the most expensive. If uh, law is the most expensive SMU, it's around $6,000, uh, like, for one semester. Mm. So it's twelve k a year. Of course, don't discount, like, don't account for medicine. Uh, medicine is different, right? But then that is the highest, you know, like, NUS is probably a bit cheaper. But then twelve k a year is still pretty much. It, it is not very, very high. It's not, like, um, US or, like, UK mm. or Australia, but it's still pretty high. And you're, you're paying quite a huge sum to be in a, in a university, and I think as you rightly pointed out, you know, how do you actually leverage on this entire system? Um, on that, I don't think that there are really any fixed routes. So what I mean is that, like, you know, going back to your dance point, right? you know when You say that the dance dance, right? Actually, dance dance also helps you a lot. Like, like there's this club called Emix and SMU. And I think that, like, within the community there, they actually share internships. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're pretty smart people. Right? You know, they're, 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 they don't study the hardest. They don't get, like, the... I I mean some of them do get like Mm. very good grades but Mm. not everyone gets the best grades but then they're social right they are able to like get things done they're able to you know wine and dine and like be Mm. a person and friend to other people that Mm. people like and that's why they're hired yeah, so I, I think that that's, that does play into the aspect of uh, life and, you know, sometimes dancing is not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just want to put it out there, okay? <laughs> I'm not against <laughs> dancing.
0: <laughs> I can't dance, okay? I can't dance. No, no, okay, that's okay, why, I I, dance. you know, when I look at them, I was like, wow, quite cool, every day Every practice. That's right? so <laughs> I'm <laughs> I just yeah. want to you know, put it out there. Don't flame me, okay? I'm not against dancers. I'm sure we have, well, sure we have some dancers in the group. You know, yeah. um, you know, pursue your passion. I, I agree with that. I, I believe in that, right? So yes. it's just...
1: I I just use dance That's <laughs> a joke. Uh. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, can also make a joke about people in the library all the time. Uh. Yeah, like, yeah, like me, yeah, like, I'm always yeah. in the library. So, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. always in the
0: pool. Uh, so, you know, like, <laughs> my friends were like, hey, you come to country club or you come to uni. You know? <laughs> like, that's why once send later, I stopped coming. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, I, I told myself, like, yeah, I must make use. It's a very expensive pool, you know. Yeah. So, like, I pay yeah. $6,000. Know, so I better use this well. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> so, okay, I I get the part about like... um. Having a social network, mm. being in school, you know, don't just be a marker, right? Yep. In other words, right, yep. you, you wanna do well in your exams. Okay, so be it. That's cool, mm. right? But you are in this like very fertile space yes. where a lot of these people are either really hardworking, very smart or very rich la, for like a yes. better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's true. It right, does okay. have a social strata to it. Right, so that is a social strata to it. Of course, mm. we can always talk about social mobility, how yeah, to like get more people in yeah. into this system and da, da, da. It's, that's a good topic. We need to talk about it another time, right? But assuming you are already in university, in other words, mm. don't just mark. Yeah. Right? Don't just mark and, you know, join all these kind of so- mm-hmm. social groups, right? Through pursuing your passion, you never know what kind of professional opportunities can come in. Yes. Right. But, but beyond that, right, is there, yeah. are there certain kind of resources in school that, you know, you think they should leverage on, you right. know, like that's not so readily available yes.
1: out of school. I understand, I understand. Yeah. Maybe like incubator uh, program or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say the, the best one is alumni. Mm-hmm. Alumni is definitely oh, the best. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. really, because it's always about, it goes back to the social aspect. Mm-hmm. Why, why would someone help you? because, I come from the same school, you know that's that's a huge thing, right? And like whether you like it or not, you know we have Parliament filled with ACSI and RI boys. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, there's yeah, a it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what you want Wait, to call? Where, where
0: it? does where does Josephine Teo and Graceful come from? An R G girl maybe? I, really I don't know. know, I don't know. know I we to check it out. We to yeah. check it out. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, but it's it's not just Singapore, right? You you've it in London. You've it mm-hmm. in like uh, even in Mozambique and in Africa as well. I mean these 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 countries also have these things. It's not. So don't flame I don't think you shouldn't flame government. I think it's like it's something which is inherent in social social mobility and it's society is just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, that that also really points to the fact that um yeah, having the alumni network that you have is pretty important and that's something you can leverage on because mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, you are gonna remain an alumni at the school forever. So you know when I when I stepped up as the president of Smokepreneurs, which is the Alumni Entrepreneurship Club in SMU, mm-hmm. like some people asked me why I wanna do it, and then I was like Yeah, you know, apart from the fact that I do get certain benefits, I I talk to certain people, you know, things like that, the normal yada yada. But then it's about the fact that, like maybe apart from you and a few other people, like who else? Who else is going to help the school? You know, who else has the networks? Who else has like the capabilities to actually bring things together? And you realize that as an alumni of the school, if you don't help the school, no one else is going to do it. The staff of the school won't do it because the staff of the school come from maybe NUS. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like a lot yeah. of the stuff in SMU does come from NUS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like they I mean, are after all. SMU staff. did poach a yeah. whole bunch of NUS. Yeah, guys. we did poach a yeah, whole bunch to start of NUS. Start guys. With, yes. And they are passionate about SMU, don't get me wrong. But mm. the thing is that they are not alumni. Uh, and like you need the alumni to really st- say that, you know, helping the students actually helps me because mm. I then have a better pool of students to actually pull from. Mm. And they are in a way my mentees in a way. Mm. So I think that that's that's one. Uh, and the other flip side, if you are like a student in school currently, you should reach out alumni because they are thinking that way. So that like the the first point you're talking about. But then the other second point is mainly that um you have shared experiences with them. You know the dancing thing. Yeah you know like like it works. Like there's this uh Alumni Club which is you so it's e mix right and then there's I think uh, U, uh, Illuminix, which is the alumni club. And then they do actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much synergies there. And, and more than that, it's just the fact that by reaching out to any alumni, they probably Understand what you're going through. They know the teachers you went through, they know the classes. The classes may be slightly different, but then you know they'll they'll talk about the same few things like you know, this this professor is like that, mm. or like uh, you know, this class is such a useless class, uh like name drop, uh, I don't know, this is government society. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. I don't know, things like that. It's just like yeah. not not very useful in a way, but then people will just talk about these things, right? It is a yeah. lot of social comfort to have
0: shared yeah. experience, right? I think yes. this is inevitable, which is why, you know, when guys gather together, everybody yeah. talk about the army, right? Then all the girls. Yeah like turn off right it it just just doesn't work because they don't have the shared experience you know in in this process so i i i totally get get what you're trying to say you know and i'm I'm a question like um was it difficult to get the president of the alumni entrepreneur club you know because what you just said was like nobody wants to do it right it feels like nobody wants to do it yes you know so so in that sense is it because nobody wants to do it that's why you got it or is it because you know you're actually you know the best candidate
1: at the time. I understand, quantity, I understand. Right? Yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I think to look at it in this way is that you know what CCA is when you're young, right? Mm. Then, like, you know, everyone just go to student council, things like that. But then you grow older, you realize people don't want to do it. Because there's no incentive. It's like CIP, right? Mm. You know, there's no incentive to do it, it's not cool anymore. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just different. Uh. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's not cool to do this anymore. Uh, I don't get any prestige, mm. but then it seems like it's more work. Why do I, why should I do it? You know, like I don't have to fulfill any criteria. It doesn't minus two points for my O-levels, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that th- there must review in that point um, mm. that I think there's no incentive for many other people. Um, then second is that I will say that cool fact
0: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
1: because online clubs are tough to run um it is it's not paid right you're not getting paid for it and other people are actually wanting you to continue and you need to, make, you need to be successful and you need to actually like do a good job of it because it still represents the school and represents uh, the alumni who actually come from the school. So I think that um, p- previous predecessors would try to find someone who they know can do it. Mm. Yeah, so I I wouldn't say that there aren't people. Mm. Neither would I say that there are a lot of people who mm. want the job. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's, that's probably what um, these alumni groups would be like.
0: Fair. Yeah. And I think... Um, Given my short stint in the university, yes. so, six months, okay, yeah. not bad uh, yeah. I got past six months, uh. So given my short stint in the university, You're right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I ran my LinkedIn, okay. My LinkedIn said I was one year, so yeah. But I also got brackets here. I drop out, okay. Anyway, just saying, huh? Right. So, um, the the reality is, I think there are a lot. A lot of student groups Big and mm. small yeah. You know Some groups are not as like, sexy la, right? Not, yeah, not yeah. as interesting Maybe like the otaku club right? The like Japanese oh, cultural yeah, yeah. club You know It's like okay But anyway Okay, okay well, not judging otaku club eh, But you get the idea It's yes. <laughs> just social context huh? So I think there are a lot of clubs in, in the university. Or even if you don't have like, clubs in the university, you could always start your own interest group, yes. right? And yeah. uh, whether it's official or whether it's just a social, like a, just an informal student community, mm. I think that is all fine. And, you know, like all these kind of alumni groups. Ultimately, the reality is being in a university, there's just tons of little things that you can try and you can do. And if you fail, what happens? Just fail, la. Yeah. you know there's three. not much impact you know in, in yeah. your in your you know in your CV what happened you just don't put in your CV la, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know it failed then okay now my, nobody knows this like hot air balloon club that I started you know it, yeah. it, 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 it didn't became a thing yeah. right so but when you start to go into you know the real world or okay maybe not the real like go, you start to establish your career mm. you start to go into the business world or you you know embark on different professions of your own then there's a whole different world of challenges here and the impact of failure is it's much higher. Yes, the yeah, impact of failure is right. much higher. The impact of failure much mm. higher. So, after a while, people start to become more and more safe. Yes. You know, the people are not willing to try and, and they don't do as much. And then, in other words, they don't break through also because yes. they're not willing to take calculated risk. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, how can we better the university? Right. And also, talk a little bit more about now that all these young people are in the professional field, how can they thrive in this field? Okay, see ya guys. Okay, so we are back from the break and um, yeah, so we, we wanna, I, I want to hear a little bit. I think we've, we've, uh, we've built a decent case for mm. the value of university, yeah, right? I agree. But I'm also very certain that there are many aspects that the university can do better, yes. which is why there is a growing voice about how the university is no longer as relevant today, mm. which is also very real, right? Mm. There are a lot of things that I think they can become better, right? So I want to hear from you, like mm. where do you think the university can can better serve the needs of you know, its students, mm. right, which ultimately serves to help them have a head start in their career, right? Mm. Or become a professional in whatever field that they choose to be. Agree. Right? So yep. so in, in that sense, where do you think the university can do better?
1: Right. Uh, I think that like, that, that's sort of like, um, a bit philosophical, uh, but then, you know, like when university started, like Oxford Cambridge, right? It's, it's mainly a uh, natural sciences, natural philosophy. People just go there, rich people, right? Like uh, they have like um, your governors, you know, in their house and then they just come together, learn with their friends. And then those, these guys like really, they don't study anything, they study the entire world. And they just go on to become lawyers, take high positions in society. And then of course, like in the Industrial Revolution, people came in, realized that, hey, uh, the, the rise of the middle class. And that were the people who started going to university. And university started to change because then it started to be focused on the division of labor and focusing on how do you build skills in each division of labor? And that's what universities really became and transformed into, and it has been always like this. And and then it became more pronounced even to today, which is why, let's say in SMU today, you have like operations management, but then operations management focused on supply chain. You know, like it's risk specific or like finance focused on private banking. Yeah, so I think that that's where uh, universities have really transformed to. But then back to your question on uh, where next, right? I would say that it's, it's really where I think that um, universities really have to disrupt itself or else you'll die. And recently there's a, there's a meme going around, right? Harvard Business School is charging $50,000 and then that compares to Zoom, which is like, I think, like, what, $40 a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coursera and all the rest of the, the kind of things which you actually get the same skills, right? Because if our business school and all your other universities are actually just doing online classes, like, what's the difference between that and, like, studying from something that's pre-recorded? Yes. Yeah, so I, I think that's, that's where universities are struggling right now in this period of time, the pandemic, to sort of reinvent itself. And... I think, um, on another, another note itself, like a bit of selling go from my side. Like, <laughs> you know, I started Kinobi, right? Uh, uh. So Kinobi is like this uh, digital mentoring career platform that helps people to bridge that gap. And we acknowledge that there's a gap. There's a gap between the university and the workplace. And that's why we're there, <laughs> we get to bridge that gap. Yeah, and I think that the, for that, um, this is what we actually found. We found that the university itself is insufficient. And that's because people don't look at your grades anymore it's important. But then as long as you meet the sufficient ones, like maybe like you get above a second lower, that's fine, you know? You show that you're decently smart enough to actually sort of like do your work and then do the exams. And then you're a sufficiently hard worker, la. that's all, la. you know, that's what it tells me about you. But it doesn't tell me anything more, right? So what do I need more? I need to understand like who you are as a person. When I put you in front of a client, what will you say? Do you have the EQ to like, you know, know when to respond? <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, like these are things that a like, university degree doesn't teach you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where universities can pivot there. But the thing about pivoting there is that it's tough because these universities are monoliths, right? They are already there for so long. They have huge reserves. They're essentially like a bank with all your money that they take inside, right? And they actually, they even have funds in universities. That's And some of these guys are LPs and private equity funds as well. Yep. Yeah, so Harvard Business School, your Stanford, all these guys are actually putting your money that you actually put inside and deploying into other things, right? So that's, that's how they actually run. And NUS, we heard that recently, you know, the Congi case, right? And mm-hmm. then he was compared to the NUS fund and so on. And then he realized how much funds the NUS actually has. Yes. Right, And I think that when you have this amount of funds and people want to protect these funds, they don't innovate. It's very hard to innovate. It's very hard to turn around a huge ship versus let's say you are a small ship, you are something that just started, you don't have baggage you can do things a lot faster. And I think that that's where universities might get disrupted. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying like people like Kenobi, la, maybe, la, you know, let's see how it goes, right? Yeah, but yeah. then it's, it's really... I'm not saying yeah. that,
0: but actually I won. Oh, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I tried to a yeah. bit la, but you yeah. know, actually,
1: you know, I'm doing this so that I can, you know, disrupt the university in some <laughs> way, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where there are going to arise people like Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, across the world, they actually want to do this.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And, and I, I do think... Um, for, for a little bit of a realistic check, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of, a lot of people out there, it's like, you know, sometimes we ask ourselves, why do we... Why every generation needs to be doing more and more and more and more and more, uh, right? Yeah, that's because, a question. Yeah, because that it sounds like it, right? And yeah. and I think that is a reality, right? Because in the past, you, you just mm-hmm. need to... You know, as a guy, you just need to be decently strong, you, you can get a certain job, right? But then over time, things change and then you go, you go to the polis, you go to universities and you do multilingual, right? You got to do more and more and more and more and that yeah. is... That is the nature of you know um, the workplace competition, mm, right? Yeah. Where, where especially when a lot of technology platforms come in to like, essentially displace some of these old jobs, you know mm. that are very repetitive, and it requires people to to think, you know, yeah. and, and do more, right? So, do you subscribe to that that central mm. idea that you know you got to do more and more, right? Or is there another way around, you know, this
1: way of I life? I right? Yeah. Uh, I think this is is a very complex question because uh, one way you can look at it is that uh, people say that, you know, you don't work hard, you work smart, right? You know, and that applies to much of life. I think that whether you are um, in finance or marketing or whether you're in supply chain, that is the rule, which is that it's not how hard you work, it's how you actually play the relationships and understand what is really needed to be done, then you get promoted and then you get to the next level. But then the, the other way that I'm thinking about it is this idea that, uh, social mobility because in the past it used to be that social mobility is between countries. A developed country versus a non-developed country or a developing country. So you have like, let's say, you know, the workers and foreign workers in Singapore, they build built out a nation, Bangladeshi workers. They, some of them actually do have university degrees. They may not speak English very well, but then they do are actually smart. They went to university and that to them coming here to work is definitely providing more pay than going back Home. and that works for Filipino mates as well but then right now what we are seeing is a more drastic change which is that even in Singapore you have people with who, or you may have people uh, may not be as, as trusting now but you may have people in the future who have uni- university degrees maybe not from um, your NUS or SMU but you're from your like more private universities who actually come up and realize they don't have the jobs and what do they have to do with the rise of the gig economy they actually go back and be, let's say, a grep driver just for interim, a transition kind of like job. But then this transition job doesn't provide the benefits that a normal job would have, like a CPF and so on. And under the constitution of Singapore and, and, and how the government views it is that Grab is really a transition job. That's why there isn't CPF benefits allocated to that. But then what happens when this transition job becomes a permanent one for 10 years? Yeah, or like for five years. What, what do we actually make out of it? How does the government make out of it? And I think that's very scary because then that goes against what you just said because you said that, you know, people are gonna work harder with the, with the things. And it's true, they're gonna work harder and they don't even use the, the university degree. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I think that really is something which is scary and that goes beyond university degree. Fair, yeah. I,
0: I think, I think um, that is fair point. It's a complex question yeah. and uh, we really got to go deeper to kind of distill, you know, um, the job market, the opportunity, you know, Singapore's position in the global standing, you know, and naturally a lot of social policies that are coming, right? Cannot cover, right? Huh? Yeah, okay, yeah. today. <laughs> but we, we will talk about it another time. Maybe we get a few professors, right? Uni yeah, professor yeah. come in and discuss, right? I think that'll, that'll be fun. Um, but on that note, Right, from an individual's viewpoint, right, mm. given the current reality of the mm. job market, yes. right, given the current reality, you know, um, you definitely sound like someone that is doing f- doing decently well, right? Out okay. of the university, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you just graduated. Yeah, you I was fortunate a, too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. right? So, so, you know, fortunate is one way to look at it. Yes. There, there yeah. probably is a system behind this thing, right? So it's in, a way, like, yes. yeah. in a way, right? So could you just kind of share share with the audience a little bit, like if you are trying to like find a good job or, and you, you don't actually have that kind of experience in the field, mm. you know, um, you know, are there some tips and tricks that, that people can, can embark okay. on? Okay,
1: okay. Mm. I think one is definitely to be eager. Uh, to me, th- this idea of you as a startup is very important to me uh, i think that this is something especially so in a gig economy
0: so you're yeah. saying that
1: you've got to see yourself as yes. a startup okay yes. okay to see yourself as a startup mm. and especially in a gig economy where in a way you're not going to rely on any firm no firm is going to give you an iron rice bowl anymore no firm is going to give you the what um pension fund benefits anymore it's different hey, a low, yeah, a long, ago, right? yeah long ago it's gone yeah and and, and right now they're so devised contract jobs I, I think that that really necessitates, uh, I mean, beyond the social things you're talking about, you know, which is another topic of another day, how can I, as a person, really deal with this is uh, mainly to look at myself as a startup and, and to ask myself, how can I use my competitive advantage versus other people? What is my unique selling point? You know, what is the product which is myself trying to solve? Like, what solution in this world am I trying to solve with my own efforts and my own energies? And I think that if you can actually answer that question sufficiently well, and you can do it sufficiently well, you'll be paid for it. Yeah, and especially so if you're doing something that nobody can do, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the more scarce the, the solution you're trying to solve, the higher you're paid. And it's, that's just a law of scarcity in nature. Mm.
0: So how did how did you convince, you yeah. know, your employers to use you, right? Because from what I know, the kind of deals that you guys are working on, are, you know? Um, yeah naturally in a higher order, right? So that means the deal is quite big. Right? It's, it's, it's complex deals and big deals and you're fronting a lot of these deals but you're, you're, you're barely in your 30s, right? Late 20s, right? So fresh out of the university, a few years in the market, you know, how did you manage to convince your boss you mm. know, to use you, right? Share mm. with us your
1: story. Right. I think that like, um, if, just like three short points uh, if I can actually mention. Um, I think firstly, it is, you know, back to some things you talked about. Uh, one is um, pointing my employer to a myriad of experiences I had. I think that's, that's very important because that shows that when you are in private equity and you're in investments, you understand the market. And you understand it not from just one perspective, but you can look from different lenses. And that is interesting because it means that you can understand what's happening next and you can sort of like do your, what do you, uh, there's this term for it, but it's like, you know, this idea of innovation is actually not really innovation, but then you're actually just taking a perspective from another field and just applying it into this field. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what you're doing yeah. It's not really quite innovation, uh, but then yes. uh, not many people can do it. So, mm-hmm. But if you can do it and you can actually like do it properly, I think you will beat most people out, out there because everyone is very single track, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's one. Uh, second would be your networks because at the end of the day when you do deals and and even not, in, not just doing deals, right? If you're just doing a normal, let's say, finance function. You're just like calculating, let's say, the taxes in a company, and that's your only job. But the thing is that if you're just doing that job, you need to work together with everyone else. You need to work together with like the people who are doing the revenue department. You need to work together with the cost department. You need to work together with your CFO. You need to work together with all your other business functions to get that thing out. And that means that you need to talk to people. You need to make them a friend. Because why would they respond to you? Everyone's busy, right? And they only respond to you because they know that you know, you are someone that uh, is important to them. In some way, yeah. they must also
0: like you. Yeah, they must like right? you I you think la. there yeah. is some sort of social, you know, uh, reality here. We yes. are working with humans. We are not working with robots, yes. right? It's, it's not yep. asking you to go ahead and, like, go and sakang, you know, or like yep. just kind of, like, you know, um, be, what what do they call that? Um, mm. What what do you used to call that in the army? they call, call the person, wayang, wayang. wayang, okay, wayang, yeah, wayang yeah, yes. I'm not asking you to be a wayang, but yeah. at least, you know, you, you want to be a nice person. People yes. uh, are interested to work with you. You know and at least be socially palatable i yes, think that's a very very especially to a lot of my friends out there that you know yeah like the tech guys yeah right it's like it's a it's a stereotype that people assume that tech guys are not sociable yeah and there's some basis to it right <laughs> it, it's not the best thing to accept right and in fact i i do know a lot of them that are working very hard to you know become more sociable which is mm. which is very cool yes you know but um I think across the fields, right? Being socially likable,
1: I think that is, that is important. Yeah. Agree. And the third thing that I just mentioned, like it seems all very broad. I, can, I mean, I can go in detail if you want, but then uh, the third thing which I, I would say is most important is humility. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very overrated trait because when you're young, whether you like it or not, nobody thinks you're good, you know? Like, like as I tell any, any person who's going to intern, is that like, you are a liability to the company. Let's face it, you know? Like you're an intern, right? Like why does someone want to hire you? Basically see the guy is taking off his time. Instead of doing the work, he's teaching you to do it and he was going to screw up and he's going to check the work and he's going to ask you to redo it again. And like, it sounds very painful for you, but it's more painful for the guy who is actually asking you to do the work. So I think that, that whenever you're starting out, the humility is a very important trait. Uh, and that continues even when you're older in a career because I, I see that a lot of rich people, a lot of like, people who have done well, they have fallen. You know, they have fallen because they were proud. And because when they are proud, they tend to be complacent, and they tend to think that they understand everything, and they tend to miss the market, and this is where things really break down for them. And I think that humility is such an overrated trait. Um, everyone likes a person who is humble. I don't think that, that like anyone would disagree with me because uh, any person, any employer, if you are humble and if you want really want to learn, if you are hungry, why would not? You, why would, why would I not like rather choose you than any other person? Because. It just shows me that you are you are one that will make more bang for the buck. You to be that way. Mm. Fair, fair.
0: I think that that is a that's a good point. Um, I think to to try to to try to contextualize it. Yep. In other words, try to be more real, uh, Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Um. I I think sometimes people try too hard to be someone they're not. Yeah. You know, and and how I put it is, uh, mm-hmm. while I agree that humility is very charming, mm. sometimes you don't fit this community or you don't Mm. fit this environment doesn't mean you cannot thrive in other environment. Yes. Right. You know, know, a lot of times when people go for an interview or when they're switching jobs, you know, they they always feel like they're begging, you know, always feel like, you know, I'm on the short end. But the reality Mm. is if, if you are not, if this environment is not for you, you will never flourish. I think to sum it up today, maybe you could just share with us a little bit more about like what you are doing and if they want to connect with you, yes, okay. like, you know, uh, where can they search for you?
1: Right. Okay. So right now I, I started uh, just two and a half months ago, Kinobi. So uh, Reginald knows about it. Definitely. So we, we are a uh, career mentoring platform. So special thing about us, we are totally digital. So a totally digital mentoring platform it's uh, focused on a career, helping you get a best career. And that, we are currently in three countries, Singapore, Indonesia, and India, and we currently have a few programs. So if I'd explain it very simply, we have two things. One is called Pathways, and then the other one is called um, a Mentoring Program. So the Pathways part, how we started is very simple. You know, we were playing games, you know, like, I don't know about you, but then I played Story when I was younger. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then after that, like, like, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, you're like, oh, you know, how do you, how do you build a dexless sin? You know, things like that. You know why I, re- yeah. you know
0: I remember? Because <laughs> yeah. I was a mage, right? I was a oh, mage. Wow. <laughs> I think I uh, ice, ice, uh, ice and lightning, ice made, lightning right? Bridge. Then, then <laughs> I was playing. I was like, how come I'm always stuck here? Then all my friend become like job four, job like yeah. job three, job yeah. four. I was like, what the hell are you guys doing, yeah. man? You don't know, study, yeah. uh. Then I was yeah. like, here, yeah, you know. So, so I remember, like, I was never very, you know, successful. <laughs> <with> Maple story, <laughs> but yes, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you're like thinking to ourselves, you know, there are all these builds and stuff like that. Guides, you know, online telling you how do you, where do you fight monsters? Level 20, 30, like fight the green mushroom, you know, things like that. <laughs> I've yeah. never yeah. read those guides. Maybe that's yeah. why I suck in a game, right? Every you should have read those guys. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: never read those guides. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you
1: realise that like, why not just build these guides for life, you know? Then like, just build like one for private banking, one for investment banking. A lot of people to experience different things. You know, in like, Mabel's story, you can kind of play different characters. Right? You see, you know, play an Iceland image. And you can <laughs> play the, the Sina as the Sina, yeah? You know, so like, in this way, you can sort of like play different things and compare and contrast whether, which one really vibes with you as a person. So I think that's one pathways. And second one is a mentoring program. So this one is of high order. Definitely, we are clearly we are it more exclusive and uh, eventually um, it's hard to get inside so we currently have one in tech bd tech bd is a huge huge thing now because technology firms are getting a lot of capital they're the ones surviving COVID, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're hiring they are thriving uh, okay thriving, they're not actually. surviving COVID. yes they're doing yes. very well yes and they're hiring a lot so yeah they, that's why we really started this and uh if you really want to enter this industry it's very soft skills related and we are here to help you so I think that we have the mentors from like, let's say SAP, Alibaba Cloud, ByteDance, even GoPay. GoPay recently, uh, part of GoJet, right? Became a unicorn. Yeah, so I think that's a huge, huge opportunity there. So uh, we have all these mentors on board. Do come and join us. And uh, you can actually sign up very simply. The link is very simple, it's bit.ly slash join dash Kenobi and I think uh, probably Reginald put in the show notes or something like that yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. essentially that he tell he's trying to tell
1: me like must put in show
0: notes <laughs> okay yeah, bit.ly not <laughs> slash, slash join dash Kinobi. join dash Kinobi. K-I-N-O-B-I yes correct okay yes so, but I will still put in the show notes right so thanks for today thanks yes. for uh, joining us and thank you for the military for flying the fighter jet you know for National Day <laughs> right so oh yeah soon uh, soon I think you guys will hear this episode after National Day but but, you know uh, thanks for thanks for sharing all your tips and tricks and you know I hope you learned something useful today see yeah. ya bye thank you bye hey I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared debated and discussed I hope you would share with you the game with people you love and I want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building a community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Join our community Telegram group, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, everything is in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast and feel you want to keep us growing and stay independent, do buy us a Kofi at ko With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Test test. Okay, I hope Ben managed to convince you that you know there is some value in going to university. Right, we are not saying that you must go or you need die die. You need to go. No, we're just trying to present the other side of the case so that you get a you know um, a clearer picture, and then you make a decision of your own whether does it fit you, whether does it fit your goals. Right. So I hope that's helpful for you. And for next week, next week we're going to continue to roll on investment related content. I know many of you guys are trying to learn how to invest, and you know trying to pick stocks, and you know uh, if not pick ETFs or pick REITs, you know whatever, you know, And uh, if you are not interested to pick, it's also okay. You should continue to listen because you get a better idea of what are the underlying things that you look at, right? So that you can you know essentially find a clearer, you know, um, management, you know, manager or whether the robo advisor or whatever, right? Essentially to help you manage your investments. And in next week's content, we're going to talk about the qualitative factors, right? Three qualitative factors that I use to uh, decide what stocks do I pick. True be told, 20-30 huh, minutes cannot tell you everything, but I'm going to give you all the important terms that you can go and search for and uh, get a better idea over time, right? There's also a well, uh, a reaction to this guy that gave me one star on uh, what's that? on Apple Review. It say, well, previously we... We, we uh, previously we published a, a topic about you know how three things you must have to be a good stock picker and what the first point was luck because I honestly believe that if you cannot grapple with the idea of luck if everything assigns to you um, then you, you will struggle you know and this guy went on our Apple podcast review and gave us a one star a bit sad nah, so hot. um yeah. If you're still listening, I hope you enjoy next week's episode and can review us, give us five stars. Okay. But anyway, um, I just want to also humble flex la, that we actually know what we are saying, lah, okay, right? We're, we're not, we're not like we're not like professionals, but we're enthusiasts, and we don't think we are um I don't I personally don't think that I'm talking cock, la, okay? Sometimes I am, but yeah, on, on, on the theme of investments, we, we make sure that uh, the things that we publish to you are of quality. So next week, we're, we're going to talk about the qualitative factors so that you can be a better stock picker. Lah. See ya next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.